0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time, or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus, so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: So I want to continue this series that we're talking about, and I want to start with a question. Can you think of a time, or more, more importantly, a person, that you're just so grateful they're in your world? Now maybe it was a time of celebration, a time where you got to celebrate together and it was just an incredible moment and you had someone there celebrating with you. I, I remember a moment where I didn't have that and it was, it just took the air out of the celebration. We were, my wife and I and, and our family, we were originally from Melbourne and we used to love coming up to Far North Queensland or to Queensland, but to, particularly to far north Queensland, I love to do a bit of fishing. And so, um, Kaz, I didn't know this, but Kaz organised me to go out in a charter boat. And we went out in a charter boat off uh, Port Douglas and I uh, went fishing and we were catching, I'm a fisherman, red emperor <laughs> <laughs> and coral trout and it was amazing. I mean, I've never caught so many and the, the size of the fish we were catching. And it was, it was incredible. And there were, oh, there were some other people and we were fishing, but I didn't have any of my mates with me. And you know how when you get excited, it's like, yeah, and, you want to, and I'm sort of wanting to high five and there's nobody there. And so it was a great moment, but it kind of in some ways it wasn't as great as it could have been if I had a friend there to celebrate with me. You've been around people where you just, you love celebrating their wins and they love celebrating you. Or maybe it's, you can remember a moment during a really tough time where you just had that person with you, that person who in some ways almost walked with you and carried you through that tough time. They carried the load with you in that tough time. In the core text that we're going to look at this morning, the Apostle Paul gets really fired up when he writes about this. So when he writes, he's not sort of just, there's moments where Paul writes and you go, oh, this is good. And there's moments where you can just read from the, from the words on the page. He is passionate about this. Have you ever noticed that with Paul, with his writings? I, I love it. I love his writings. I love his letters. I'm gonna read from Philippians chapter two and verse one. Here we go. Oh my goodness. So at Highfields, we have a TV, kind of this <laughs> and another one. This is awesome. So good. I'm going to get whiplash reading. But anyway, let's go. Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to read from verse 1. I'm going to read from the paraphrase version, which is what they call the message version. I wanted to start with this, and you'll understand why when I start to unpack some key words here. If you've gotten away, sorry, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, Many of us can put our hands up and say yes to that. If being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you. See, he's getting fired up. If you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favour, Paul says. He says, agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. We'll come back to that in a moment. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Paul implores us, be deep-spirited friends. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard that term before, but I pray if you get anything out of this morning, you go away with Paul's imploring of us, will you be and will you have deep-spirited friends? In this relationship series, it's not you, it's me. I want to talk about what it means to be. A deep-spirited friend. What does it mean to have deep-spirited friends? If you look at other versions of that particular scripture, the Good News version says, being in one soul and mind. New Living Translation about deep-spirited friends says, working together with one mind and one purpose. You can imagine that as friends, working together. As if you are one person. That's what a deep-spirited friend looks like. So, okay, Murray, that's good, but what does it look like outworked? What is it outplayed? What does it look like to be a deep-spirited friend? Well, let's look back into the Old Testament and have a look at a great example of how this works, of how this operates. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, we read about Moses leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt through the wilderness towards the promised land. And while he's doing this, there's this army called the Amalekites. And they, they, they decided they were going to attack Israel while they were vulnerable, while they were, while they were moving through. And so Moses commands one of his friends, one of his mates, a warrior called Joshua. And he says to Joshua, Choose some men, go out and fight the army. Fight the Amalekites. And this is where we pick it up from in Exodus chapter 17. Look at what two of Moses' deep spirited friends does in this particular passage. Because This is deep spirited friendship being outworked. All right, so let's have a look at it. Exodus chapter 17. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur, they're his deep spirited friends, Aaron and Hur, climbed to the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held the staff up in his hands, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever Moses dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms became so tired he could no longer hold them up there's been times in your life where you've just been so tired you just haven't felt like you could move forward there's times in your life where you've just been so fatigued that it's like I just can't do this anymore check out what happens so Aaron and her found him a stone to sit on first thing they do they recognize what he's going through and they say hey come and sit here we're going to get you a stone to sit on to help you to give you comfort in this tough time Then they stood either side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the Amalekite army in battle. I love it. Moses, these two deep-spirited friends, see a need with their mate. And rather than just cheering on the army, rather than getting frustrated, they saw their mate in need and so they get him a chair to get him comfortable to work through what he had to go through. They knew he had something important to do, so they helped him by getting him a chair. And then they stood either side and they held up his arms. They shared the load with Moses. Let me ask you this morning, who lifts your arms up when you're going through challenging times? Whose arms do you lift up? Who do you get a seat for in the tough times of life. Proverbs 17:17 17, 17 says, "A friend is always loyal. A brother is born to help in times of need." We're going to race through a whole bunch of stuff this morning, lots of scriptures, but I want you to get this. I want you to understand that the idea of a deep-spirited friend is not just a nice idea. It's not just something you think, "Oh, that, that's a good idea. Wouldn't it be good one day? Apostle Paul says, "No, no, no. You need to have deep-spirited friends in your world. You see, we were created for community. You and I weren't created to do life on our own. Some of us might say, yeah, but I'm not a people person. Yes, you are because you were created for community. There's no such thing as no people person. Now, some people get, get, um, get fired up or get inspired or, or get um, fueled by being around people. And some people need their time alone. I get that. I get both of those things in my life. But the Scriptures are clear. There's no such thing as people who aren't people persons because we all need one another. That's what Jesus says. The Gospel writer says that say that right through. But there's more than just having people around us. There's this concept of deep-spirited friendships. Let me give you an example in my world now. I wasn't fighting Amalekite armies, but there's been times in my life where I've gone through tough times and I've gone through great times. And I've wanted to celebrate with people, and I've wanted them to walk with me through the tough times. And so for the past 20 years, I've made it a personal habit to meet with a couple of guys every week over brekkie or good coffee. Notice the word good there. I'm from Melbourne. We're coffee snobs, I'm sorry, but we are. And we share life together. And over the last 20 years, I've had those people, different people at different times, but, but people in my world that we've done life together, it's not been Pastor Murray and... Uh, it, no, no, we've all been at the same level, just doing life together, helping one another through. We've shared the depths of life together. We've cared for one another. We've wanted what's best for one another. We've celebrated the wins in each other's worlds generally. We've shared the highs and the lows. We've asked questions like, how's your marriage? And when the, when the feedback's been, oh, you're good, we've pressed in. So what does that look like? What does a good marriage look like for you right now? We've asked the questions, when was the last time you organised a date? Wives, wouldn't you love your husband to have mates to ask that question for you? When was the last time you organised a date, Murray? When was the last time you did something, you initiated something along those lines? What have you been like as a dad this week, Murray? Is there anything you're struggling with at the moment? Can we pray for you about something? Is there anything where you're moving towards areas of jealousy? We had a season in life where one of the guys in the group was struggling with a particular sin and he was felt safe enough to share that with us. It was in the era of pornography. And he gave us permission to ask him each week, how you doing? How you doing with that? Now we set some things up for him. We helped him through that season of his life. Why? Because we were deep-spirited friends who were prepared to walk through the successes and mourn the sad times, the sad times and the difficult times together. We gave each other permission to ask hard questions. You can see where friendships are important. The, 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 the acquaintance friendships are important, but so are these. But if we just have puddle friendships, if we just have those, those, those puddle friendships that are lovely and good, but, and we don't have anyone that's deep-seated in our lives to ask the hard questions, how are we truly going to grow? Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so, a friend sharpens a friend. Who are the friends that sharpen you? Who do you sharpen in the right way? We'll talk about how we do this in a moment. Who grabs your seat? Who lifts your hands? People come to mind straight away? Perhaps for you, they do. Perhaps for some of you, you had someone, but you no longer do, and that's okay we're going to talk through what it looks like so let's real quick just define deep spirited friendship firstly deep the best way that I could describe deep is when we go beyond the surface when we break through to something beyond what we initially see on that same trip that I talked about the far north Queensland um, we went out in a boat we had my my daughters at that stage were a lot younger we went out in a boat and we were just sort of Around the boat and we started sort of swimming a little bit and we had a snorkel and goggles. And as we swam around, it was just still and calm and it was just beautiful and still and calm and quiet. Then we put the goggles on and the snorkel and the flippers and we dived under the surface and it was like a whole new world opened up to us. The fish that we couldn't see at the surface. The corals, the beautiful coloured corals. There is still coloured corals out there. We couldn't see from the surface. But when we dove deep, it was like a whole new world came alive for us. And at one stage there, I was sitting in the boat fishing, as I do, and the girls were running there, and I could hear them. I could hear them under the water as they saw different things that I was missing because I sat at the surface. And it wasn't until I dived in that I could see so much more. Many of us have surface-level friendships, and they're okay. I'm not speaking against those. What I am saying is Jesus is encouraging you to go deeper, to get below the surface. That's the deep. Deep spirited friendships. What does that mean? What does it mean to have a deep spirited friendship? Spirited means to have God at the centre. Spirited means to be led by the Holy Spirit. See, I want to have friends in my world that I know are praying for me. And if, they, if God prompts them about something, I want to give them permission to come and talk to me. Now, that's a, a friendship that's built. That's not just, oh, Murray, I, just, I don't know you, but God told me this. Boom. Well, maybe not. Let's, let's, let's build some trust. We'll talk about that in a moment. But deep-spirited friendships are ones where there's a soul exchange, where we're faithful, where we're prayerful for one another. Deep-spirited friendships. And again, I want to say to you, this idea is not a nice idea. It's a God idea. God calls you and I to have deep-spirited friends in our world, in our lives, walking with us. You see, and Doug touched on this last week. Our horizontal relationship with people, Jesus says, believe it or not, are just as important as their vertical relationship with God. And you know how important our relationship with Jesus is. But he says, your, your horizontal relationship with friends, with, pe- with people in your world, are just as important. How do we know that? Jesus, broken down what's, the, what's breakdown, broken down, what's faith really all about? Jesus says two things. What does he say? Love God. Come on, help me. And love Love God, love others. Deep-spirited friends, love God and love others. So with the time that remains, how do we do this? What does it look like to be a deep-spirited friend? What, what, Murray, give me some biblical values that I can go away with. It says, this is what it looks like. If I want to be a deep-spirited friend, if I'm looking for deep-spirited friends, then what am I looking for? You want some of those? Yeah. All right. If you've got, um, got your, your phones with you, these are going to be really easy to take notes because it's kind of like each, each point is two words. Real easy. Hopefully you'll remember one of these or you'll write down them and you might remember more than one. First one, to be a deep-spirited friend, you need to have a soft heart. You need to have a soft heart. You need to be humble and you need to be teachable. If you are not humble and teachable, you will not have deep-spirited friends because they'll... Want to speak into your world, you'll want to speak into them, but it'll be like this every time they go to do that. Every time they go to love you, you'll do this. Every time they go to, to walk with you, you'll do this. Have a soft heart. First Peter 5 5 says, Clothe yourself with humility towards one another. Romans 12, we read, um, Live in harmony with each other. Don't try to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think that you know at all. We're all ordinary people wanting to do life with a God who is extraordinary. Get other ordinary people around you. A soft heart means you're willing to apologise. A soft heart means you're going to be honest. A soft heart means you're going to support one another. Colossians 3.12 says, As holy people whom God has chosen and loved, be sympathetic to one another. Sympathetic, kind and patient. Deep-spirited friends have a soft heart. Deep-spirited friends have a thick skin. Soft heart and a thick skin. Let me ask you a question again this morning. Do you take things personally? If something happens, you always take it personally? Take it as a personal affront? If somebody says something, do you read into it and take it personally? Do you read into things too much? People go, oh, I wasn't even meaning that. That wasn't about you at all. But you re- If you want to be a deep-spirited friend, you need to have a thick skin. If somebody says something, we're not perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. Sometimes we say things and do things that hurt people we don't mean to. A deep-spirited friend has a thick skin. Prepared to forgive. Prepared to go on the journey with one another. Do you keep account of the ways that people hurt you? Deep-spirited friends don't. That's like the time when you is not in the vernacular of a deep-spirited friend. Because we forgive. We move forward. Ephesians 4.2 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults. A deep-spirited friend makes allowances for the faults of one another. The two guys that I met with for about 16 years in Melbourne, they weren't perfect. And we used to annoy each other sometimes. But we were prepared to have a thick skin when somebody said or did something that rubbed us a bit the wrong way. We didn't push them away and write them off. We engaged and we worked it through. Does making allowances look like for you? Here's a, a little example, funny little example. One of the guys, Glenn, great mate of mine, has been for over 25 years. When you go into Glenn's place and you go around for dinner and he gets a bit tired, he just falls asleep. So we're sitting on the couch having a conversation, Glenn and Leon, and, and I hope he hears this, Glenn, and Leanne, and Kaz and I, and all of a sudden the conversation gets quiet over this side of the couch. And Glenn's there, and in the, the first couple of times, I said to Kaz, I said, how rude. And in the end, I just he's just tired. And so I, I had a thick skin in the end. We used to stir him about it. And I'd throw cushions at him. And in the, in the end, he'd get up and go to bed anyway. So it didn't matter. It was still a conversation of three. But I could have taken that really personally. But we just had fun together. He, wasn't, he didn't mean to be rude. He was just tired and fell asleep. I remember for Kaz, there was a, there was a lady... In, uh, in a church that we planted down in Melbourne and uh, a lot of people, she rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, let's put it that way. She, she was someone who could be quite negative and be quite critical but beneath that, beneath that, deeper, there was a hurting, lonely, sad girl who was crying out for friendship and love but people saw the surface and went like this and Kaz just decided, God gave her a glimpse, gave Kaz a glimpse of the true essence of this person. And she had a thick skin. And even though this woman would say things and do things and sometimes not show up for coffee, whatever it might be, Kaz just decided in this relationship to have a thick skin. And she saw the influence that she was able to have because she pressed in. Because she was a deep-spirited friend. Soft heart, thick skin. Next one. Deep-spirited friends have a long fuse. A long fuse. They're not easily angered. Deep-spirited friends are not easily angered. Godly friends are slow to anger. Jesus says, love one another. He doesn't say, love one another, and then when they do the wrong thing, by you, let them know. He says, have a long fuse. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, we know this verse. I'm, I'm actually going to be sharing this verse this afternoon at a wedding that uh, the the officiating this afternoon. And we see it a lot at weddings. And so we think about it for husbands and wives. And it's a great passage around love for husbands and wives. But that's, it's not just for husbands and wives. This passage on love is a great passage for deep-spirited friends. Let's share it. Love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonour others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, or love wins. You know, love that Love wins not easily angered. We gotta have a long fuse. We gotta see beyond the issue. We gotta see the heart. Deep-spirited friends see the heart of someone. So if you're journeying with someone, and they might say or do something, we see beyond the word, we see beyond the action because we know the heart of that person is to be there for you, is to carry you. Now, again, I'm not talking about every friendship. Some friendships, some relationships, we've got to be careful about, you know, we also need to speak back and speak life into someone and say, hang on a minute, and protect. These I'm talking about are deep spirit of friendships where there is a trust, and we'll get to that in a moment. Soft heart, thick skin, long fuse. Deep-spirited friends need to have a bad memory. (laughs) Deep-spirited friends need to have a short memory. Don't keep score. Don't keep score. Forgive and forget. If we've decided to do this life together as friends, and we've got to know one another, and we've worked through issues, and we know the heart behind each other, then don't keep score. That's God's way. Think about Jesus. Think about God. Think about why those of us who are followers of Jesus, why we get to follow Jesus. Because God has a bad memory. Did you know that? Did you know that God has a bad memory? Let me explain it to you. God says to us when we bring our sins to Him and we ask for Him to forgive us, we repent. We ask God, God, will you forgive my sins? Will you forgive me, please? The Scriptures say not only does God forgive, He casts it as far the east is from the west. Meaning God forgets. So I, I put it this way. So let's say, let's say this morning I was here and um, you know, I, was, I was talking to someone and Brendan walked past and I start gossiping about Brendan to someone. I'm like, oh, look, I would never do this, mate. But I was gossiping. I was talking to Sarah about her husband. I was saying, Sarah, Brendan. Oh, oh, hang on. What am I doing? It's her husband. But I was gossiping and then I realized it. And so after the service, I said, God, I'm so sorry. What I said then wasn't right. It was gossiping. Will you forgive me? And, and if I truly am repenting in my heart, the Scriptures say, God forgives our sins. So if I do that, and then 10 minutes later, I go back to going, hey God, remember when I, you know, when I was gossiping against, against Brendan? You know what Jesus, God's answer would be? I, I don't remember that. He forgives and forgets. He casts the sin the far, as far as the east is from the west. How many know they can't join? So what, what, what it means to have a short memory is to work to forgive and forget. When we have these sorts of relationships, we don't hold on to things. We let it go. It's God's way. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has, has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We're doing pretty well. Some of these resonating. This is what you need to be and this is what you need to look for. Not the perfect person, but someone who's prepared to try to live a life like this. So get this, I'm not saying you've got to tick all those boxes or you can't be a deep-spirited friend. I'm not saying you've got to find someone with all these down pat perfect or you can't be. No, no, no. I'm saying work towards this. I'm saying with God's help, help me to be someone with a long fuse. Help me to be someone with a short memory around around issues and situations and circumstances. The next one is deep-spirited friends ask hard questions. Deep-spirited friends ask hard questions. How's your day been? Good. Oh, that's good. I had a mate of mine who was a mentor, a spiritual mentor of mine. And he used to say, how are you going, Murray? And I said, oh, I good. And he said, no, 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 how are you going, really? He'd always say, no, no, how? He would stop me when I gave him the flippant answer. And he'd say, how are you going, really? And, he would, and he'd eyeball me. Tony was an amazing man because he did it with a big smile on his face. But he was saying, I want to know. I want to know what I can pray for you about. And he would ask the hard questions. He would bring accountability into my world. You see, there's no such thing as deep-spirited friendship unless there's a little awkward, healthy conflict. And what I mean by awkward, healthy conflict is I mean it's that person who's prepared to ask that, the question that, oh, really? I had someone just this week who I was talking with, going through a challenging time, and we were chatting together, and he was just sharing and opening up about the challenges in his world, and he said, Murray, would you come back and would you ask me, how am I going? What a beautiful, what a what a privilege that somebody who's going through a tough time would say, Would you come back and ask how I'm doing? Beautiful. Because I want to work through this in a healthy way. Hebrews three thirteen, I love this verse. It's a great verse. It says, Keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. I don't want my, my spiritual reflexes to slow down. I don't want to miss what God's saying because somebody hasn't asked me a hard question that's made me realise I need to deal with that because that sin or that issue's got in the way and I'm not hearing from God anymore. I don't want that. I want to clearly hear from God and the, one of the ways I can do that is somebody in my world asking me the hard questions. How are you doing in your prayer life, Murray? What are you getting out of your reading, your scripture reading? What, what you, what's life look like for you? What's filling your tank at the moment? Is there anything in your world that's stopping you connecting with God? How many of us need somebody to keep us on our toes spiritually? How many of you have discovered that you're more consistent with your spiritual habits when someone's there encouraging you? I know it's true for me. When I've got someone there encouraging me, hey, what would you get out of your reading this week? Hey, how are you doing with that? It's an encouragement. It's not, it's not a holding a stick over. It's just we're on the journey together as deep-spirited friends. Deep-spirited friends have a gentle tongue. They speak life-giving words. It's easy to cut. It's easy to speak words that cut, that wound, that gossip, negativity, empty words, put-downs. What does it look like to be proactive and speak life? How cool would it be to be known as a deep-spirited friend that just speaks life? You're doing an amazing job. And be specific. Write notes of encouragement. Ephesians 4, 29 says, Speak only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 4, verse 15 says, Instead, we will speak truth in love. Love. Anytime you speak truth. Anytime you ask the hard question, bring it with love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. We must learn to speak life. At our previous church, we used to say encouragement is like oxygen for the soul. Think about it. Think about when you're encouraged. Somebody says something specific and encouraging to you. Think about how you feel. Think about what happens in your spirit, in your soul, when someone speaks life over you. What would it look like for the rest of this day for you to be somebody to keep doing that and then allow that to become part of your life, and particularly in your deep-spirited friends Friendships. Deep spirited friends have strong arms. They stand with people. They hold them up in tough times. They carry the load, like we saw with Aaron and her. Deep spirited friends hold onto a solid trust. Confidentiality is important with deep spirited friends. It's not like Brendan shares with me and we sit down for a coffee. And Brendan, I'm picking on you this morning, mate. Brendan shares with me and then, you know, two days later, oh, Hey, you hear what's going on with... No, 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 that that doesn't happen with deep-spirited friendships. We just do life together. And there's a confidentiality, there's a closeness, there's a trust. Some of you are thinking, where can I find this deep-spirited friend? You know where you find them? You start by being one. Start by being a deep-spirited friend to someone. Maybe invite someone into the space that you feel you could trust. Say, hey, can we catch up? And you start by being that for them. And the final one, the final one, deep spirited friends, soft heart, thick skin, a long fuse, a bad memory, they ask hard questions, they have a gentle touch, strong arms, a solid trust. And deep spirited friends have a close connection. They're real. They're authentic. They come as, as equals. I don't come with one above the other or below the other. We just come as equals, sharing together, doing life together. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, Test yourself to make sure you're in the faith. Don't drift along, taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You know, the best way of having a regular checkup, have someone in your world who asks you the questions. To love that song, Lean on Me. We all need somebody to lean on. It's truth. We need Jesus. And Jesus' teaching says, as well as me, I want you to have people in your world that you can do life with. James 3 and verse 8 says, let us consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let me finish with this story. When I first saw these trees and I understood this story, it brought everything together about the power and the importance of deep-spirited friendships. I was over in California, quite a few years ago, playing baseball, and um, while I was over there, I noticed these incredibly huge trees called redwood trees. They were magnificent, huge. There they are. There, one photo of them. There, huge trees, magnificent trees. They're the largest living thing on the earth, and they're the tallest trees in the world. So these redwood trees are incredible. Based in found in California, they can grow up to ninety meters high how high these trees are. They can be more than 2,000 years old. The tallest recorded redwood tree is in Santa Cruz Mountains, and it's known as the mother of the forest. I love that. Right in the middle of the forest, the mother of the forest, which is 101 metres high. So high that you'd think these trees must have the most incredibly... um, Strong and robust root system. They must go so far, because we all know, don't we? You know, if it grows high, this mate, it's got to go down deep. We all talk about going down to this message being deep spirited friendships. You think, man, they must go so deep. This root system must be incredible. No. No. They don't have deep root systems. In fact, redwoods have very shallow root systems. The root system of a 100 metre high, tall, tall tree can only be sometimes six metres deep, three to six metres deep. Get this. The roots don't go deep, but the roots go wide. And you'll notice the way that they are. There are trees next to each other. What happens if these roots become intertwined. The roots of these high, strong trees are tied in with each other. They interlock. They go 30 metres wide from the trunk. And when storms come and when winds blow and when the tough things of life come, they don't fall over, they stay strong, not because the the roots are deep, but because they're wide and interlocked with one another. And as I think about that, the redwood tree, and I think about the way Jesus says, he says, focus on me, put your heart, put your lives to me. But then he says, Love me and love others and be in relationship that you can carry one another. And just like these redwood trees, you can be interlocked with each other, standing firm together. With an interlocking root system, they support, they sustain each other. They need each other for these trees to survive. And so do you and I. We need one another. That's why we're created for community. See, a redwood tree can't grow to be the fullness of who they are on their own. They can't be a tall, healthy tree alone. It needs the support and protection of other trees. And the trees thrive when they're together. So let me ask you this morning, what would it look like for you to allow yourself to take a risk on being and finding deep-spirited friends? Let's pray. Loving God, I just... Thank you that we are created for community, that, yeah, there are moments where it's important for us to get off on our own with you, to think and to pray and to do life. But you don't call us to do life alone. You call us to do life in community. And so I pray for every single person here. Whether we have those people in our world, make it even clearer to us who they are. And if we don't, help us to find one or two Friends that we could go on a journey with, to build trust with, to become deep-spirited friends. And help us, Father, to start by deciding to be a deep-spirited friend before we decide to have them. You know, as we sit in this moment of prayer, I just pray that God would just be placing people in your heart, in your mind, that you could connect with, go on that journey with. If you're here this morning and maybe you've never thought about having the ultimate deep-spirited friendship, which is that relationship with Jesus. He wants to be the one that fulfills all those things with you as well. Remember I said, love God and love people. And so this morning, there may be a time right now where you're saying, you know what, I want this Jesus. This Jesus that opens the door to deep-spirited friendships. You see, we can't have a spirited friendship without Jesus at the centre. We might have deep friendships, but they're not deep-spirited friendships. And so this morning, if that's you, if you're here saying, I want Jesus to lead and guide me in my life. I want to live a life where Jesus is at the centre, leading my friendships, leading my relationships, leading my life. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. Or maybe you have, it as a long time ago and you've moved away and it's time to come back. If that's you right now, I would love for you not to miss this moment. I'd love to pray for you that you might know this Jesus you might know, not just know about him, but you might know him. And so if that's you, can I pray for you right now? Just with every head bowed and every eye closed in this moment of prayer, is there anyone in this room who would say, Murray, I want Jesus to be part of my life. I want him to be at the center. I want him to lead my deep-spirited friendships. Many of us have prayed this prayer already. We've asked him into our world. This is your moment. So if that's you right now, why don't you just raise your hand so I can just see it and I can pray for you. Make him aware God is here and he wants you to join with him. He wants you to go on the journey with him. Is there anyone this morning that would say, you know what, Murray? I need Jesus to lead me in this. Thank you. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Great. That's awesome. Thank you. I see those hands. There are people right now who are saying, I want Jesus to lead my life. He's going to show me the people to connect with. But more than that, he's bringing me to a place of salvation. God's doing a work. Is there anyone else before I pray? Those two people. Yeah, awesome, man. That's great. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. Church, why don't you pray with me? We've got three people this morning who are saying, let's encourage them first. Let's encourage those three people. All right, we're going to pray. You know, it's as simple as just praying a simple prayer like this. Pray along with me, just this simple prayer that asks Him to do an incredible work where you come into a relationship with Him. Father God, we thank You that You are Lord. I ask You into my life. As Lord and Saviour, would you forgive me for the moments in my life so far where I've ignored you? I pray, Lord, that you would come and lead the rest of my life. Be my Lord, be my Saviour. Help me, Father, as I walk through this life, that I no longer have to live it alone because you are at the centre. I praise you and I thank you for who you are, Lord, in my life, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields message podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.